All right, we're back here with 100 Families Pulaski County Alliance. I want to thank you guys for joining and tuning in. We have an amazing guest as always. We will let her introduce herself, but this is my friend and also uh, our partnership with City of Little Rock. So Dana Doucette, thank you for coming, my friend. Thank you. I am Dana yes. Doucette. That's and correct. What do you do, Dana, for the City of Little Rock? And then we're going to get into your other stuff, too, that you do. Okay. Well, I am the Director of Community Programs for the City of Little Rock. And often people ask, well, what do you do? <laughs> I do community programs for the City of Little Rock. It's Just pretty it straightforward. <laughs> exactly. Pretty straightforward. Whatever our residents need. Um, in terms of improving their quality of life, that's what I do. How long have you been doing that? Well, I've been for the city of Little Rock for the past seven years, almost okay. exactly a little bit, seven and a half years. And I did it with different employers before then, which is one way that I got the job. Okay. So can you say that helping the community or doing direct service, is that something that's your passion from the heart? Were you called to do that? How did you get into all the whole, the community service work? I would definitely say I was probably called into it. Okay. And anyone that's in public service, that's just kind of what you do. Now, I have to add this in there. You know, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta, and we're about public service. All so. right, do, do, your, do your thing. <laughs> what do y'all say? We say, ooh, ooh, <laughs> Delta. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, community <laughs> service and public service, that's what we're really about. And yeah. I would say not only from me, but definitely as an example from my mother, who was a teacher, mm -hmm. on down to my brother and my sister, who both are involved in public service. Service. Okay, and specifically um, with community service, I mean, with the community involvement. So, are you creating programs for the community, or do they? How how does that work? Do it does. So, we not only do we have projects that come directly from our office, like mm -hmm. you say, we do have a few things that are uh, direct to the community. Uh, one that we're really noted for is our summer youth employment program. Okay. We do that every summer where we offer between 750 or so students who are 16 to 21 an opportunity to do their first job. Okay. And that's really important for us is, is preparing the future and preparing the, the students for, you know, future opportunities mm -hmm. as far as their career is, is, um, is concerned, mm -hmm. but mainly helping them also understand the difference between a job, like going from job to job to job, to actually establishing a career choice yeah. and then learning what it's going to take to uh, be successful in that career. Right. So that's some of the direct things that we do. That's our, that's the one that we're probably most noted for. Um, we also have neighborhood-based programs that are just like what you would expect your after-school, out-of-school mm -hmm. time programs to be. And then also, yes, we do have several uh, opportunities where we allow outside organizations to come to us and say, hey, we've got an idea that we think will work for the community, and is the city in a position to fund that? And I would say right now, yes, we, at the beginning of the year and starting kind of like right now, mm -hmm. we're going to be offering lots of opportunities for organizations, both nonprofit and for-profit, which is the first this time, yeah. uh, to be able to come up with interesting ideas mm -hmm. to help residents in our communities improve their quality of life. Okay, which is, I'm glad you said that and we're going to get into that too just those opportunities because we do have an alliance and a group of people that are watching right. that's going to want to know that information definitely <laughs> yes that's what we're looking for so you have actually since you because you actually help people get funded right and help them um, get the money that's there so you probably made a lot of relationships <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of friends i know yeah yeah Everybody that's a good thing <laughs> 
can you, can will you, you how yes. do I? And that's actually good because there are a lot of residents in the city of Little Rock that need help. Yeah. And I'm really pleased to be in a position to be able to help them. I tell people all the time that, you know, nothing against public works, but we don't do asphalt. We don't mm-hmm. do sidewalks. <laughs> uh, we do people. And we're yeah. trying to improve the quality of, of their personal lives. And, right. and that's just a great place to be. And you are also working, now correct me if I'm wrong, do you do the reentry population? We do. And- so let me tell you my buckets of people that okay. I work with. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, one bucket is reentry, since you already brought mm-hmm. them up, and those are returning citizens who are coming from incarceration or they may just be on paper some other kind of way. Uh, if they've been involved in the criminal justice system at all, then that mm-hmm. would be considered our reentry clients. Uh, then we also work with youth. Um, anywhere I'd say from ages six to 30, we consider that youth and okay. youth has gone up to 30, <laughs> believe I'm it or not, 30. <laughs> <laughs> only because you find a lot of people between, uh, you know, 21 and 30 who are still trying to figure a few things out. Right. So, things have okay. changed. so we take that youth up to 30. Okay. Um, but we also go up to their parents and families. So we include the entire family structure. I love it. And then as I mentioned for job employment, then we do uh, 16 to 30 is our focus because we're really trying to help people with their first job. Mm-hmm. After we get them you know, off and running, then most of the time they can take over that. So that's another bucket, I'd say 16 to 30 with for their first jobs. And then another big bucket would be just your after-school student, mm-hmm. those students who need something to do, some place to go, uh, opportunities to think differently, have different experiences. Uh, so, the, again, those are our after-school projects. Yeah. So those are kind of our big buckets of people. We also have what's called a disconnected youth. And our disconnected youth are those who, again, they just kind of, they, they may or may not have finished high school, mm-hmm. but they just, again, haven't really figured out what should they do. So they're kind of disconnected from anyone, and they are looking for that helping hand to help right. them kind of get on their feet and figure out what they want to do in their future. But so we're really trying to, again, help people with uh, their quality of life. And quality of life is looking at, gosh, what do I need to do to be able to stand on my own two feet mm-hmm. and start really enjoying what the city of Little Rock has to offer and what life has to offer. Which is truly life changing. I know we're talking about life, the quality of life, but your job and what you're doing plays a major role in the lives of the people in the community because it's already hard trying to figure out, okay, what is my purpose? What am I here doing? What am am I supposed to do? And then navigating the resources that are there. How do they find those resources? How do they know that the that it's out there for them? Because a lot of people don't even know that it's available. So, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about the impact of of COVID. Did that have an impact on your programs? And mm-hmm. if so, how? Because I know COVID came in and it just it was a beast. It really did have an effect on our programs mm-hmm. and most of all our people, our residents. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, as a city, we had to stop all of our programs. And only because it was, well, on one hand, we were like, gosh, how do we stop our programs where we may be the only lifeline that mm-hmm. a lot of people have? And so it was a really a hard decision. But at the same time, how can we be responsible to our citizens to not you know, put them in situations where the virus could be transmitted, meaning while we hated to have to close down our after-school programs, 
um, just like the school system. It didn't make sense to have a bunch of students who aren't going to social distance. Right. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, in the same place, you know, That's so right. we just had to do it. Uh, but what we did do was we picked up. It was a great opportunity for us to pivot and figure out, okay, how can we serve people? Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking about what we couldn't do, we tried to figure out what we can do. That's right. uh, one of the examples that we did was making sure that people had food to eat because, as you know, several students, the only food that they may eat is at, at school. school. So if all right. of a sudden you're not having school or after-school programs, what are you doing? So we were really involved in the food security opportunities, making sure we partnered nonprofit organizations with the food banks so that we could expand the services. Because even though there were food boxes going around, if you didn't have a car or a way to get there, you how are you going to get your food box? So mm-hmm. not only did our street team, I have a street team of people that actually picked up those boxes and took them to people who needed it. Um, drove people to wow. places where they could get meals. Uh, we worked with uh, the bus system to get free bus rides for the people that needed it. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of different ways that we mm. tried to make sure that food got into the hands of those that needed it. And mm. then we also worked with the Arkansas Out of School Network to try to Uh, increase opportunities that were online. Mm -hmm. So even though we didn't have after-school programs in person, we tried to make them available online so that they still would be able to participate and enjoy activities outside of the home. Right. So you have, you had to become very innovative. We did. Definitely. <laughs> do you, so do you think you guys became busier? Yeah, we actually did. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you know, just with the advent of Zoom, mm-hmm. now oh, that gosh. you don't have to go anywhere, you've got back-to-back Zooms. Yes. So you end up being busy. Sometimes you're on two. I know sometimes I'm on my, on, yep. on the computer and then I have another one going with my phone. And unfortunately <laughs> I have two phones and truthfully there have been times I've been on three, three Zooms. At, at the, the same time. time, yes. And that's something. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> be like, since you can't come, just get on the Zoom. Right, exactly. So booked. We booked, really do yeah. get booked. We really do. Oh. But, I mean, you know, it's a good and a bad problem to have. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like they say, those first world problems. But it does allow you to, you know, get more work done. I think that uh, we've been able to move ourselves uh, into more different areas mm-hmm. than we had before. I even think about the work that we do with you with 100 families. Yeah. Uh, because of Zoom or because of some of the other ways that we can do things, then it does allow me to say, instead of having to say, no, I can't do something, to say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I can do it, but can we meet virtually? Right. And then it's like, okay, yeah, that I can't works. get there, but hey, if I can meet virtually, mm-hmm. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too because a lot of times we always say, well, you're so far across town. Well, let's meet on Zoom. You can just drop a link. Right. And then we can talk about and strategize and do things like that. So as far as now, I guess, is COVID still affecting your programs? Are they picking back up? Like, are they doing? They're starting to pick back up. So we we did go back into full force. So we are now doing that. So that's, you know, our after school programs are back in full force. And that's why we're releasing these new RFP opportunities because we're ready to go definitely at the beginning of 2022. Okay. Definitely ready to go full force into offering uh, even different types of programming because we're realizing that the same old thing is the same old thing. People mm-hmm. really did change during COVID. And so we're looking for those uh, new opportunities, those new ideas, those new okay. ways of de- delivering services that maybe we hadn't thought about before. Uh, the mayor has been very supportive. The city manager mm-hmm. has been very supportive of 
let's figure out new ways to, you know, we don't want to just do the same thing that we've always done, you know, and that's why even that we're offering it to for profits, which we hadn't done in the past. If there's a for profit that has an idea that's going to make a difference and an impact in the community, Mm -hmm. let's consider it. Let's see what they are coming up with. And so it's an opportunity. I mean, if ever there was an opportunity, this is it. So are you guys listening to this? This is the time. So when can can you go into detail about that now? I can. So we should, before the second week of December, for sure, we should have those opportunities ready to drop. Um, Because they're so different, they're, you know, procurement is having to look at them differently. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of hard for procurement. Um, One thing I would like the community to understand is... We're not asphalt. We're not sidewalks, you know, so we're not just units like I need four miles of sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're dealing with people, it's a little bit different to figure out how do you how do you hire someone to change a person or their quality of life? You know, so procurement is even being stretched to try to figure that out. And so um, so we're just trying to make sure that we have dotted all of our I's, crossed all of our T's because there's still procurement law (laughs) that we have to follow. Right. And the uh, city attorney wants to make sure we're protected. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, that the residents are protected. And so we're just trying to make sure that we do that. But the first thing to do is to contact the city of Little Rock's procurement office because anyone that even applies for a bid has to be a registered vendor. We have to have you in our system. So the thing to do is to do that as soon as possible so that they uh, can get into the system and then be able to pull down the different bids that we have. Okay. Uh, Vendors can go in and select which areas of service that they're interested in. And really that's, you know, any business in Little Rock, I think might want to look into that just to see if we ever, have a need that they're already on the vendor list Mm -hmm. so that's the first place to start and they can do that immediately and then ideally when we drop a bid then they would be notified that hey there's a bid in there you might want to go look at it and perhaps apply for it okay and how long does that process take for once they get um well that first step so the first step i mean if once they're registering as a vendor that shouldn't take very long okay maybe 30 minutes if depending on if they already have all their information you know sitting right there in front of them Um, Then the next step is when they're preparing for a bid. Bids are typically uh, 14 to 21 days for people to respond. Uh, They're usually, especially for us, we have a pre-bid meeting where we actually go through the entire bid, explain what we're really looking for. It's also an opportunity for people to ask any questions that they have. And I tell people that the time to ask us questions is either before we drop a bid Mm -hmm. or during that pre-bid meeting. Because after the bid comes out or while it's active, we can't answer any questions at all. They would have to do that through procurement. Um, But again, for 14 to 21 days is the general amount of time that they have to prepare their responses. And then usually it takes us about three weeks um, to have those responses reviewed mm-hmm. and then we're making our selections and okay. then we move into the contract phase. Now, what affects the amount of time that we may be looking at a bid is how many bids we, we receive. If mm. we get five bids, then it's not so hard for someone to review those. Right. But just imagine if you have 35 bids to read. Right. <laughs> and you have to go through each one. And you have to go through each one. And then make a decision. And then make a decision. So okay. then it gets pretty hectic because we have to allow those people time to read 35 bids. And right. that has happened. That definitely has happened. And it's a past. team of you guys that do that? There is a team of us. So usually okay. we have at least five reviewers okay. who have knowledge of and an interest in 
people development. Mm. So they have a background in that area. Okay. So it's not just some random people. We try right. to find people <laughs> who have an interest in that area and a background in that area so that they really know what to look for and what and how to scare. For the community. And, and what would, yeah, yeah. What would okay. work and how to score. And how to score. Okay, right. so it's based on points. Right, um, it's based okay. on points on how you answer the how you respond to the questions that okay. are in the bid. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the bids, is there a dollar amount? Is it just all across oh, the board? Oh, they range, on yeah, it, okay. it's all across the board. Okay. So we have some as low as 4500 or up to 4500 mm-hmm. where... You know, I think of a couple of projects that started that way. Uh, one would be the, um, I gosh, I forget. It's the fishing der- derby, uh, the big catch. Big catch. I've heard. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. It was started this way where he just had an idea that, gosh, I want to offer fishing opportunities for to kids. For kids, yeah. And which so, is so cool. as small as uh-huh. that, to up to, you know, and you can ask for about 4500 for that process, which is our small contract. Okay. And then our largest one right now is up to 200000 And those oh, wow. are for community-based intervention projects as we try to make a dent in some of the criminal activity that's happening uh-huh. and some of the violence reduction activities that we have. Okay. So we have some real opportunities. Those are and so great people have real, you know, if they have some real ideas, we have right. some real money. That's good. And you right. said de- the second week of December uh, right. is when they start? Yeah. They could start looking. First, again, they need Go to register as register. a vendor now. Okay. But Go yeah. ahead and register as a vendor. Right. And then, you know, starting the, you know, the second week of December, they should be dropped. Some some more should be dropped. And they find those on the City of Little so Rock So on the page? City of Web, Little Rock website, you're okay. going to look for procurement. And, okay. Or you could look up City of Little Rock bid opportunities oh. and find them that way. Or actually, you can go to littlerock.gov slash online bids. Okay. That takes you directly to it. City of Little Rock.gov slash, I'm sorry, littlerock.gov slash online bids and we'll we'll put that in the somewhere okay on the screen yeah so, <laughs> so they can see that they but can yeah see it and they can click on it or whatever yeah that's the easy way to get so there. go ahead and do your uh register and then the second week of december start looking for those and get opportunities ready. we've got a lot of, and then we'll have some throughout the year too so okay. they can still contact our office and uh ask what we have available because we're always going to try to have something available that's good. This I'm really excited about that because we haven't done it this way in the past. Yeah. And now we are. Um, it used to be like one time a year we had something to offer. Right. And now we plan to have it throughout the year. Uh, we've got good. summer program opportunities. So okay. uh, any churches or any organizations that might want to have a summer program, mm-hmm. they could be thinking about that right now because now is the time to be thinking about summer That's next right. year, believe That's it or not. Right. <laughs> and how we're going to navigate through How it. you're going to navigate through do? it. Yeah. But now is the time to be thinking about all those different type of opportunities. Right. And also, if you have an idea, just pitch it to us. Just, you know, and then we can tell you, okay, we think this fits here with this mm-hmm. opportunity or whatever. Yeah, and that's that's actually an alarm to tell us we are going to end this part of the um, podcast. But guess what? We're coming back with some more information, and we're going to talk a little bit about reentry, and we're going to talk about financial literacy. This woman right here is so smart and has so much information for you guys. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for tuning in. Come back for the next session. <laughs>